Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Networth Podcast. And today, we're going to talk about the WTA again. Spread. This is two weeks in a row we have tennis. Are you still excited, or is it worn off yet? Oh, I'm super excited. If I can even just figure out who's going to win these matches, it'll be even better. It's true. The individual match betting was a little rough last week. I think Jorge did fairly well. As usual, he's all over those pinnacle openers, so he generally does pretty well. I ended up winning just a little bit, but as a podcast, we did tremendously well spread because, I, if, do you remember um, the outrights that we gave out? I think there were uh, two, maybe three names. Yeah, there was three of them. There was, three, there was Tamara Zidanzik, who oh, lost in right, the first Zidanzik. round. Yep, that didn't go well. That was bad. Annette Contevate, who lost in the finals, and Fiano Ferro, who won the whole thing. So that's right, folks. what a wonderful final there, you know. So that that was a nice aspect um, to bounce back from the fact that I could pick a winner during the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun to pick the two finalists right away. And cheers yeah. also to a bunch of our friends. We know our buddy Vinny, who's been on the podcast a few times, our good German friend. Um, he had Pharaoh, um, our buddy Snyes, who I don't believe has actually been on the podcast yet, but he's been on a couple of our live shows last year he's a great guy he had pharaoh as well and i'm trying to think if i missed anybody but congratulations to everybody who tailed there that was a lot of fun it was a great week in general um you know shout out to both of those players they played really good this this week um you know contivate though one of the things we want to talk about before we you know lap some praise onto pharaoh contivate continues to struggle in finals um the last tournament she won was in 2017 since then she is 0-4 now in finals so something to remember and kind of tuck away um, I know I hedged my Cotivate stake. Did you? No. Oh, well, was me. It's tough. I mean, you, sh- you know, when it comes to hedging, I generally believe that you should choose to do it or not to do it and stick to that choice. Um, but in general, if you think there's value on the other side, it's never a bad idea, right? If you're looking at a bet and you think it's plus EV, whether or not you're already on the other side shouldn't matter. When it came down to the bet today, I, I like the price when I looked at it. Um, Farrah was right around plus 120. I thought there might have been a little value on her, frankly, at that price. But you know, when you look at the matchup and the kind of player she is and the way that Cotivate loses matches, it was going to be a really tough outing for her. Did you get a chance to watch the match? Oh, of course. Yeah, enjoyed. Uh, I mean, I was on the wrong side, but you're, like, you're right. It was so nice to have tennis back. Um, Cotivate didn't play that bad, so it was a fairly competitive match. She just wasn't able to get there. Um, in the end, you know, and it was just Farrell was too much. She was too consistent. She coaxed the errors out of her, and, and she played. I mean, she won the mental ma- match out there, you know. Um, she beat a player that probably can, can generate a little more pace, probably a little more creativity in her angles and attacks, um, but she was just more solid, and she, and she was mentally tougher. So a great win for Fiona Farrell, and I don't want that to take away from Contevite's great week. She had a great win over Petra Martic to get there. Um, and that was what really had me believing in her because that was some of the highest level tennis I'd watched all week. So maybe a little, uh, you know, suckered by how good she looked in that match. Maybe a little bit tired, you know. I don't know. But uh, overall, you know, it was a great week in tennis. A lot of surprises. Did you want to go over some of the other surprises that we uh, that we had? Because I'm looking at a sea of red going over my Palermo bracket that I filled out. So one of the things I did want to touch on, you know, normally we like to go through individual players, but as you'll notice, Brett, I bet a lot of that red is qualifiers doing very, very well in the first and second rounds. I think that there's something to be said about having some momentum coming into these tournaments. So if you have a chance in the two tournaments next week, I think something to keep in the back of your mind next week and maybe even the week after as we start to see people play, you know, for the first time since February, since March. Um, if they're going up against a qualifier, you know, someone who's already got th- two, three competitive matches under their belt on these courts, 
look to favor the person who is a qualifier. So you start to look at the first round here. Uh, qualifier, Samsonova beats Flipkins. Now, I think Samsonova was a small favorite in that match anyway. Sasnovich mm-hmm. upsets Mertens. Um, mm-hmm. Kocharetta upsets Herzog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farrow beats Podoroska, so there's one loss. We're 3-1 and one so far. I know there's one other there. Dodan upset Zidancic. We're now 4-1. and one. And then Von Drusova. Yuvon is a qualifier. Beat Von Drusova. Von Drusova, one of the favorites to win the entire tournament. So, again, that was five right. qualifiers. They went 4-1 and one in most at pretty solid underdog prices. So, I thought that was something to tuck away. Were there any individual players you wanted to talk about? I know Georgie had a nice week. Sasnovich had a nice week. Um, Sarah Ronnie playing some nice clay tennis if you wanted to go back to your younger days. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about uh, the two players on opposite sides that didn't make it as far as they would have liked. Georgie and Martich, both pretty impressive weeks for them. What do you expect for them going forward? I think that we saw what we know Georgie to be, someone capable of approaching a top level for um, short bursts, really. And as you start to look through those matches, really, she just kind of, you know, the Peterson match, 7-5, 6-4, uh, as you go back, that match really comes down to Georgie being able to win some big points and playing aggressively. The match over at Yuvon was the same thing, loses the first set, but then just locked in and was laser-focused. Against Yastremska, kind of same thing, loses the first set, um, wins a gutty second set, just you know being a little more aggressive and you know the two of them having a stare down, and, and Yastremska definitely blinked first. And then even the match against Farrow was a tough three-setter, and Farrow really had to lock down there at the end. Uh, to make the final. So I thought Georgie had a nice week. She looked pretty solid. Um, what did you think of her? Toughest player to bet on because when she red lines, she can beat anybody. The only thing I really like about her is watching when she comes out red lining and she drops like she did against Pharaoh, you can, you can get uh, the opposite side live. So that's the only thing I want to do with, with the Georgie match um, because I think she's very unpredictable. But when she's on fire, one of the most fun players to watch in the WTA. So I think it's good for the WTA that she had a great week, and I hope that she continues to do well. Yeah, now as far as Martich goes, I think that she was actually injured in that match against Contevich. She had a, a medical timeout towards the second set. I'm not sure what that was for. I'm mm-hmm. trying to do a little more research on that. I don't know if that she was in peak conditioning. I mean, she lost to Contevich. The two of them to me. Uh, I saw her interview. It was a shoulder. Okay. A little yeah. tightness in the shoulder. Yeah, I mean, the two of them, they're, they're more power players. I think that they match up nicely. I think that that matchup probably came down to who was playing best that day or feeling the best that day, and I don't think Martich was. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to write her off and, unless I hear something more serious about that shoulder. All right, yeah. I thought it was a great tournament overall, though. Really enjoyed it. Are you ready to jump into the week ahead? Yeah, where are we going to start? Are we going to start in Europe, or do you want to start over here in the in North America? I thought that we'd start with the clay, since that'll be the All first right. tournament that starts. We've got Prague. We'll start with the first quarter with Simona Halep, Polona Herzog, um, Sevastova's in there, Pavlyuchegova's in there, Yastremska's in there, Balsova's in there. And, no, I'm sorry, I went a little too far. It stops down at Pavlyuchegova, sorry, is the end of the first quarter. But tough sledding for anybody not named Simona Halep. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, they really uh, power-packed this quarter here. Um, but hey, this is pretty much what Simona needs, right? I mean, she doesn't need a title on her belt here. She needs good competitive matches, and she's going to get it. So if you're a Halep backer, I actually like this draw, but I don't really want to bet on her because it's very tough, and I don't think you're getting good value at that number. Yeah, and there are players that Halep is going to beat, but at the same time, they'll be good players for, frankly, her to kind of practice against. Herzog has a nice serve and you know, kind of a, some power to her game. That'll be good for Halep to play against. Um, we'll see who comes out of the bottom and 
they're kind of the same thing but it's really tough as you start to look at the outright prices halep of course the favorite she's plus 125 which is hysterical no one should be plus 125 to win any wta event ever um maybe not ever but at least this year or, or the next couple of years i mean do you agree with that sentiment i mean those are prime serena numbers so i don't want to say nobody uh, but for this tournament absolutely all right, so we can't touch Simona, but at the same time, no one really there to get excited. So we'll jump into the second quarter. We've got Yastrzemska, who played some nice tennis last week, but lost to Georgie. Uh, Siegmund, who looked nice, lost to Contivate. Um, any other names that stick out to you? We've got Farrow, again, you know, one last week, and not that she can't win two weeks in a row, but we generally cross off the winner last week for fatigue fade reasons. What do you think right. of the second quarter? Any any names that stick out to you? Do you see any value? No. Uh, Sigmund. <laughs> you know, I was really high on her last week, but I think she is what she is. I think she's older and she's going to have problems putting together a full tournament. Um, so I think I'm going to like her on an individual basis and not as an outright. Um, Stritzova is a nice name, but I don't really want to get involved there. Um, the only reason I would say, hey, pick someone out of this quarter is I think it's a fairly easy quarter. Uh, Yastrzemska did not play that bad last week. Which Would you be interested in her? Not at her price. Um, she's one of the favorites. I'm seeing her 9-1 to one at Bovada. Let me see. There's 10-1 to one at Bookmaker. Five dimes is annoying and logged me out, so I can't tell you what the five dimes price is. But just... Not at that price. There's just no way. I Not ten to one with the. Well, I guess she's playing Pharaoh again, but she could lose that first round match to Bego. I mean, the way that she Bego could. plays, it's just it's hard to think that she's going to put it together for a week. I mean, if I'm betting on her, I need a much better number than that. I did. What number to, would you want? It's like got to at least be double digits. Yeah, fourteen or fifteen, maybe. Okay, that's something, fair. Something in that range. I just at single digits, right. I'm definitely staying away from that. Now, Siegmund's okay. interesting. There's a kind of a rogue 50 I'm seeing at Bovada. I know that that number is a little bit lower than everybody else. I think it's in the 30s. I'm seeing 35 at Bookmaker. What do you think about Siegmund at 50 to 1? I think that she's got a qualifier. I, that should be okay. The winner of Tormo, Stritzov is not a big deal. So then she has to beat either your Yastramska or Pharaoh, I'm guessing. And again, you know, maybe Balsova outworks Pharaoh, who's tired. Maybe Begu surprises the world, and you've got kind of an easier draw. And then she's got Halep. Now, that's going to be a tough spot to hedge. Halep will be a big favorite there. But what do you think the chances are that Halep I think we even... switched spots. I think I liked Siegmund last week, and you said she can't put it together for the full tournament. And now I'm saying she can't put it together for the full tournament. That's... After what I saw last week, because I, I saw her play right great and then not look very good the very next day. Well, I, that's true. I'll have to go back to the podcast and listen. It sounds like something I would have said. <laughs> she beat Begu in the first round pretty easily. The, the match against Contivate again wins the first set, and like you said, just got rolled. So it, it could be tough. But again, I don't. I think there's a chance that she doesn't really run into a player like Contivate. Again, she's got a qualifier in the first round. I'm not too worried about any of the, the names that we listed off there. Then she's got the winner of Tormo Stritzova. And then she's got, again, maybe Yastrzemska, who. You know, she doesn't hit the ball as hard as Yastrzemska does, obviously, but she's not going to be too worried about that and will be smart enough to make her work. Or she's got Pharaoh. That'll be a tight match. And at that point, you're just kind of hoping that Halep's not looking great or, or is thinking about maybe withdrawing or something. Um, I don't know. I think I just talked myself into 50-1. to 1. What do you think? Nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think I'm going to grab that 50-1 to 1 at Bovada for Siegmund. I like that. I'm going to take just a little piece of that. Um, let's jump in. I did like the really high socks, though. 
That helps. Did you see that? I thought that, that looked cool. It's good. It's good with the clay. I like it. Yeah. Kudermatova, Jeannie Bouchard, Zidane, Sinyakova, Georgie, Paolini, Mertens, and a qualifier. A nice third. The dreaded qualifier. Should be a lot of fun. I mean, it's Georgie against a qualifier, so that's always going to be interesting. Um, there's one name that stuck out to me, but what did you see here? Well, I th- and this is also interesting on the qualifier deal because the idea was we were getting a qualifier. We played three straight matches against someone who hadn't played competitively for five months. So that won't be the case for this qualifier. Um, for the rest of it, I think this is a pretty tough quarter. You know, I liked Elise last week. Um, she lost to an Italian. She's got another young Italian again. Um, so, gosh, I think this I know you liked Kudermatova, but this is her first tournament back, and because of that, I think the players like Zidanzik, Georgie, Paolini, and Mertens have an advantage. Um, I'm probably not going to place anything out of here. What do you like? You're right. I do like um, Kudermatova, although she has not played yet. As I start to look at her draw, she's got Jeannie Bouchard, who um, a very nice person. We like Jeannie quite a bit, but I don't see her really struggling in that match, and I think that's a good opportunity for her to find some form and maybe get used to what's going on. Um, and they just got the winner of Zdancic Sinyakova, which we like Zdancic a lot, but that match is really tough. And both players, although they're good on clay, are, you know, frankly, uh, and I know this doesn't sound nice, just mentally inferior to Kudamatoa. She is just a lot stronger and plays smarter tennis and has the ability to wait for either one of those to implode. And then you're looking at maybe Mertens, maybe Georgie. You know, again, Mertens lost her first match last week, so... Um, could be a tough spot. And again, she's got Paolini there, someone else that's going to kind of work her in the first round. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But at 66-1, to 1, again, I, I think that I see a chance for her to win her quarter and, you know, be as far away from Halep as you can be in this draw. Yeah, that's pretty good there. So, yeah, I don't know. If Elise didn't look so bad last week, I would think that this is a great quarter for her. But uh, after last week's performance, I mean, can I reasonably back her? Or are you going to tell me that I'm crazy for that? It's interesting because as I'm flipping through, you're right. Her price here is is pretty high. She's at 14 to 1 now. A lot of that is because Halep's in this tournament. So she's driving that. Yeah, I'm seeing 14, 14. What do you have on five dimes there? Let me refresh it. It logs you out every, like, three minutes. Oh, that's okay. Because, so, you know, that's a mean, major problem in America is people just walking by other people's gambling accounts and placing rogue bets that they can't even win money off of. That's true. It happens often. Um, <laughs> uh, five dimes. I'm seeing merchants at only 11 to 1. So 14 to 1, the best number there. Again, bookmaker Obor Vada. That's really interesting. Again, you look at the draw. She's got pale... Paolini, who's in good form and just someone that's going to make you work. Then she's got Georgie, who could possibly redline. I, I think that's my favorite one we've discussed so far. Because I think her and Yastrzemska have an additional shot, but we're, now we're in that range that is acceptable, right? I think you're right. Like you said, it's you know it's double digits for a player that's really tremendous. I'm, I'm in. Let's do it. Mertens. Okay. I'm in for that one, 14 too. 14 to 1. That sounds good. We've got quite a little right. portfolio going here. There we go. And you said I'm doing this on Balvada, right? And um, what's it called? And Bookmaker's uh, got them? Bookmaker, yeah. Bookmaker's got uh, plus 1402, so you get a little better number in Bookmaker. But um, Well, I'm, I'm logged into Bovada right now. I'll go ahead and just throw that one in there. There you go. All right, fourth quarter, 
We've got Alexandrova, Kostikina, um, Pliskova, the Lessers in here, Petra Martic, a couple other players. A nice young player. Let me pull up her name. I don't know why Tennis Draw Challenge has her name up as this. I guess that's... So that's interesting. I'm seeing her name listed as Anastasia Frolova. But when I have always seen it, um, it's a little bit longer than that. I know with tennis sometimes the names are tough. But anyway, a nice young player there. I think she's less than 18 uh, from the Czech Republic. She's got an interesting match there. But as you start to look through there, this is, I think, definitely the worst quarter of the whole thing. Now, you do have Martic. Martic has a pretty easy draw here. As you start to look at her price, though, only 6-1. to one. Um, Again, possibly carrying some sort of injury. We don't know exactly what the extent of that is. Um, what do you think here, Spread? Does any name stick out to you? Did the draw gods finally bless my girl Dasha? I, I was hoping. I was hoping I teach you up for that. Go for it. Break it down. Give it to us. What does it look like? What is what is Kasakina's path to a final and possibly a victory look like to you? I mean, we're not going too far, but I think this is the most generous draw she's gotten in a while. Obviously, Alexandrova in the first round is tough, right? But we saw last week how her game struggles a little bit on clay, and I think Dasha does have the game to kind of befuddle her by just keep getting stuff back, keep getting stuff back, grinding, grinding, fighting. Um, so there, I think that would be her toughest match until Martich. So I think that the Bogdan or the qualifier, you know, would be okay. Um, so I don't really think it's that bad. Martich might not even be there at this point because if that shoulder injury is legit, right, then we've already taken out, you know, the number two seed. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to bet it, but I think, remember I used to always complain that she'd always get these terrible draws. And, I mean, it is a tough match in the first round. She is an underdog. But I think this is a nice quarter to be in. I do. I think you're right. It's, um, you know, she's got Alexandrova in the first round. We'll talk about that in a second. I've actually placed a wager on her there. Then she's got the winner of Bogdan and Qualifier. Like, fine. Um, again, Martich might be injured. So it's Martich. And you know, even if Martich is healthy, I mean, there's Kasekina has a chance to win that match. Martich will obviously be favored, and she should. Um, but Kasekina will be live there. I don't, I don't see any trouble with that. My only issue is I'm taking a look at the number. I'm seeing 33 to 1. Um, at Bovada, uh, bookmakers thirty to one. Do you have dimes open, or did you get logged out yet? I think this is going to be quick enough. So, um, I'm not logged out, there you but go. I just can't read quickly. Dasha's <laughs> twenty-eight to one here. So the best um, number we've got is thirty-three. What yeah. do you What do you think about that? I mean, I don't think it's good. <laughs> I agree. I mean, she's not even a favorite in her first round match, even though yeah. I think she has a chance to win that. You could probably do better doing a rolling money line parlay. I mean, especially if she does have to play Martich and then the winner of, you know, Mertens, Kuda, Matoa. I think you just run it for two uh, rounds and then just know that's what you're going to get out of her. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I mean, All right. if she wins the first, she'll probably win the second round. Uh, and if, if Martich is fully healthy, I wouldn't play it again. I would just drop it off there. Because Martich isn't going to be flustered by her little just, I'm going to hit the ball back, heck of high, junior style, like some of these other players do. Just that's, you know, that's a great point spread. All right, any <laughs> other thoughts here before I recap the outrights we like? This field is stacked. That's what I just have to say. For, like, the second tournament back, I mean, this is awesome. It's great. I mean, this is a lot of fun. And, and honestly, wait till we get to the next tournament. It's, it's going to be a good week. Um, yeah. All right, so we both like Mertens, 14-1. to 1. I'm going to put a unit on that. 
And then I like Kudermatova and Siegmund, 50 to 1 and 66 to 1. I'm going to put about a quarter unit on each. I will put out the exact um, bet unit sizes when I put out my preview, hopefully later. I, frankly, folks, I might just get lazy and, and tweet out what I bet and um, not actually do all that work, but we'll see. Um, so again, Siegmund, Kudermatova, and both of us on Mertens. Um, any other thoughts here before we jump into the first round matches? No, let's go. We got a great, great one to start. Yes, we do. Well, why don't you tell me what that is? Because I'm looking at odds portal, so my order is a little different. What are you excited to talk about? Uh, Polona versus Simona. That is going to be a lot of fun. Simona Howell coming back. We knew that she... Um, I'm trying to remember what tournament. She wanted to play last week in Palermo, unfortunately. Uh, or she, she wanted to play, not unfortunately, that she wanted to play, but wanted to play in Palermo last week, but unfortunately couldn't get through all the COVID stuff. She's playing this week. Should be a lot of fun to see her. I assume that she's in shape and, you know, she's playing well. I think Herzog will be kind of a good warm-up player for her. But do you think Polona has a chance? No. <laughs> so what are you going to be you? watching for? I mean, No, I agree. But I think that you're going to watch this match. I'm going to go back and watch this match, do a little tape study, you know, see what. Um, Basically, yeah, Simona's fitness and her mental attitude. Does she get down on herself when things go wrong? Because I don't think she's going to cruise. Or is she just, uh, you know, dialed in and, and kind of accepting the adversity that Polana will inevitably give her? So just be looking to see her mental attitude and maybe her overall fitness. But honestly, I trust the fitness. Uh, the mental is where I'm a little worried. Yeah, I, I do. T- well, yeah, I guess you're right. She needs to kind of get back into that competitive spirit because you're right, it does take her a little bit to work herself. And she can into- get down on herself. It's funny. She's almost like a boxer that needs to get hit a few times at the beginning of the fight. Um, yeah. It's, I wonder if we'll come out. It'll, that'll be fun to watch. I wonder from a live betting perspective if it'll be good to try to bet Herzog to break maybe early because um, Halep does get broken early in sets. Um, even sets she wins six too. A lot of times she'll come out, lose the first two games, and then rip six in a row off. Um, right. So it'll be good to see that and, and see what she looks like. I mean, the price, again, I'm seeing minus 714, plus 434. I don't know what you do with that. Um, let me see if I can find a total. Um, those are tough these days on some of these matches. But, I mean, that would kind of maybe be the only attackable angle if you think Herzog is looking really good. Yeah, I'm seeing a total of 19 and a half. That's probably right. I think they actually maybe even put in another game or two game there. I think normally that's 19, maybe even 18 and a half. Um, so no bettable angle for you here? No, not at all. All right, then we'll keep going. The next match, we'll start with uh, Estremska and Begu. I'm seeing Estremska minus 345, Begu plus 248. We touched on this one already a little bit. Again, Estremska is somebody that could come out any week and blow everybody away and win a tournament or get knocked out by a hardworking player that likes the surface they're on this week, somebody like Begu. Um, from a matchup perspective... What did you see here? Is there anything you know that if you had to bet on Yastrzemska that would worry you about this? Mm, not really. I think this is a good match for her. I think Beggy's going to feed her. I think she's going to be nice and comfortable. I think she's going to be able to hit her shots, hit through Begu. And, I mean, I really wasn't impressed watching Begu play Siegman last week. I was on Siegman. Oh, wait, I did win a match last week. I forgot about that. There you go. It was just a streak in the middle. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me by calling this up. So maybe things aren't as bad as I think. Um, and I wasn't impressed with Siegman at, uh, with Begu at all in the loss to Siegman. It felt like a very easy win. I think that Yastrzemski is going to give you the same, but the price is way too high. Um, so 
I don't know. Is there even like a two zero maybe? But even then, I'll bet you they're going to make you lay like minus one eighty, and I'm not into that. Well, actually, I, th- I wonder what that price even is because I'm looking at minus five spread. It's plus one hundred three at Bookmaker, and I'm seeing a total of twenty. So um, they're giving a little credit here to Beggar. They think that it'll be competitive. What do you think about that minus five at plus at plus money? I'd rather just play the under just in case this Ramsky doesn't even show up. And that's the tough part. I, th- I think that you just described why I'm going to try to stay away from this. I think Begu is somebody that is going to show up and, and okay. be competitive and try. Um, and that's not something we can always expect from Yastrzemska. So at numbers like these, I think they're, you know, again, if you're going to bet Yastrzemska, I like that minus five. Frankly, I think that that's a really good number, especially at plus money. Because if she wins, if she shows up and play her best, this is 6'4", 6'2", 6'3", 6'3", something like that. I mean, this, this could be over fast. Yeah. I would agree. Kudermatova playing Jeannie. Kudermatova has not played since, I believe, February. Jeannie Bouchard playing in World Team Tennis. I think she played one or two exhibition full matches in between there. But Kudermatova minus 196. Jeannie plus 152. Um, You know, again, we talked about fading people who hadn't played, but with qualifiers, not necessarily somebody who's been playing a, a different form of tennis. I know she's been playing a lot of doubles, frankly, not even really singles, so... At this price, I don't know if I'm going to... I'm definitely not going to bet on Kudermatova, especially as somebody who just bet her outright, but I expect her to win this without too much difficulty. All right, we got to ask Bo, why did Jeannie play the European tour and not the American tour when she's been playing hard courts and looking pretty good in this team tennis deal? Why would she go over to Clay, a service that I don't think she's good on? Like, do you have any idea? I don't, because you're right. There's not a lot of success for her on Clay. Maybe there's something about the French. I mean, if this was in America, about, you would take Jeannie, right? If this is in Lexington? At these prices, I would definitely. It would be Jeannie or Pass for sure. Yeah. But then it's like the Clay that just throws it all up. I th- I'm getting a player who played a lot of tennis, looked pretty good against a player, like you said, that we just said this is what we're going to focus our fates on. It's the red Clay that is keeping me from hitting submit here. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, again, like if, if you do like Kudermatova, just take the outright and enjoy her kind of easy win here. Um, you really think it's an easy win? Hmm. I think Jeannie's going to give her some problems. I don't think it's an easy win necessarily, but I think most of the time you play this match, Kudermatova wins comfortably, like 6 4, 6 3 kind of thing. She's just markedly better on clay than, than Jeannie is. It's just a question of what shape she's in and, and whether or not she's been playing tennis. Looking at some of her social media and, and little st- stuff like that, it looks like she's been keeping in shape. So, you know, And, I mean, crossed. she's a wildly um, erratic player, too. You know, where we bet her and she, like, wins 6-1, 6-2, and then we bet her and she loses a match she should obviously win and looks terrible. So uh, I, I think that this is still Jeannie or pass even on clay. All right. Well, I hope you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, good luck. I'm not betting it. I'm just telling you my, my opinion. Uh, for some reason, spread, Christina, not Carolina, Christina Pliskova, the lesser, is she minus 625. Now, I know it's against, again, Fruvertova, who we mentioned earlier. Let me just double check her um, age. Again, I think she's like 16 or something. Um, but So what do you think about this? I mean, do you think... Christina Pliska really should ever be minus 625. Um, do you think it makes sense here? To a 16-year-old, yeah. I'm not betting it, though, but it is obviously dog or pass. Oh, she's 15. I mean, she's not even 16 spread. Yeah. I would say um, if you – okay, first of all, I don't think you should bet this unless you've watched Rutova before, which I have not, and you really know her game and you can know see how it matches up and you feel like you have an edge. 
but just blind, not seeing it, how would you not take the plus games? I think this is one of those matches where if you're taking Fru Vertova, you, you do want to take her on the money line, maybe even a first set money line instead, because I think she either comes out and wins or just gets blown away. Again, she's 15 years old. I mean, Christina Pliskova is one of the better servers on tour. Um, I believe she's left-handed, which can always kind of be funky. So, you know, she could come out and just kind of do her thing and make this match really tough and win, you know, pretty comfortably for her. Or, you know, maybe she's not interested. Maybe she's not feeling... You know, totally locked in this week. And, you know, Fru Vertovich, again, she's only 15, but incredibly talented. Um, and, man, at 4-1, at to one, I just, I guess I just don't think that highly enough of Christina Pliskova. I just, I really don't believe that the level of effort she shows mats to match and her talent is indicative well, of someone that she Jorge's not here, 625. so I can tell you something. All right. If you took the plus five on June 16th of this year at the exhibition, mm. you would have covered as Chris Pliss beat her 7-5-6-4. So I think the plus five's in play here as, as a possible play. All right. Well, you take the plus five. I'm going to sprinkle the money line. I did take the over here as well. Um, I got a chance to take the over at 19 and a half. I got that at mm, plus that's money. That's good. But I like that 19 and a half and, you know, even 20 at a, at a cheap price, maybe minus 105 or less, or minus 105 being 195 or higher, folks. All right. Yeah. Mertens minus 333 against Paolini. Interesting price here. Again, Mertens, if she's playing well, deserves to be minus 333. But what do you think? Are, are you nervous now? I know we just, again, bet her on an outright, but um, do you think you're going to be trying to maybe use her even in parlays or something like that? What Any angles? No, I'll just keep the outright, and that's it. Paley looked pretty good. She beat uh, my little kitten friend, Dasha, uh, in a three-setter, um, and that was one of our upsets <clears throat> with the qualifier beating the ranked player. And then she lost to Sastinovich, where she was not really able to keep the match um, that close. So I think that gives Elise some hope, um, as Elise had also lost to Sastinovich, um, you know, in the first round. So, you know, these two are obviously meant to play each other. You know, it didn't happen last week. It's going to happen now. I like Elise, but that price is way too high. Yeah, I agree. Again, we'll take our outright and enjoy the first round victory, but... No real bettable angle here. Now, another match Agreed. that we touched on, Alexandrova Kazakina. I think Kazakina is a very live dog here. I'm seeing plus 129, Alexandrova minus 167. I think there might still be just a little bit of value on Kazakina. I got a little bit of better price there. Um, what do you think here, Spread? I mean, do you like Dasha's chances? Yeah, I think she matches up pretty well on Clay just because um, I do think that she can kind of frustrate Alexandrova just by getting everything back, being the little wall that we so famously remember at, at probably the high point of Dasha's career. Um, you know, and if she plays that style, um, she can get away with basically having the worst second serve on the tour. Um, number seems about right. I would hope if I were to bet Dasha, I would want more money to come in on Alexandrova um, before I really felt like I was getting value. Um, but I like when you tell me you've placed that, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. No, I, I think, again, the matchup's really nice. I like the price that I got, but at this price, I think, you know, if you're looking for some action, I wouldn't mind a Dasha bet, but I'm not going to advise it. Okay, yeah, I would agree. 
Balsova playing against Farrow. Balsova is one of those players that is really good on hard courts and you think would translate to clay, especially being uh, Spanish, but she really doesn't. Uh, <laughs> just struggles on clay, has some really bad numbers there. Farrow coming off the, the victory. I think Farrow wins. You know, I don't actually start my post-championship fatigue fade until the next round once you know kind of the adrenaline stuff wore off a little bit but i was um, going to ask you about the fatigue fade here i think that that's the angle so maybe you look for an over here um you know maybe balsova to win like the first set or something but i don't feel excited enough to even check what the prices are Okay, yeah, I'm not getting involved either. It's obviously a fatigue phase spot. I wouldn't take Farrow as the favorite coming off the big win um, with the obvious uh, physical fatigue and then the emotional letdown. But um, like you said, I don't, you know, sometimes you got to know who's the person to make the fade with. And I don't think that uh, Bolsova Vadianova is. No, I agree. Um, next up, we've got Gracheva playing against Mardich. This one's a little tough. Again, Mardich might be injured. She's minus 300. Do you see any reason to bet the dog here? I mean, if you have an idea about the injury that we don't know about, you could. But other than that, I think it's a complete stay away because I wouldn't lay the juice off someone who was already complaining about uh, a little bit of uh, soft muscle fatigue in their first uh, first tournament back playing the in their second week in a row. So no value in this at all. I guess if you want to take a stab at the dog, but I don't really think that's an educated guess. I think you're kind of just hoping that the shoulder didn't get better. Um, so if you had more information than me, I would say you could do it. But other than that, no, I would not. Rus Pavlyuchekova. Pavlyuchekova minus 435. Rus uh, plus 300. I don't understand why Pavlyuchekova is this big of a favorite. I've actually already bet Roos. I got a little better than plus 300, but I still like plus 300. I think that's worth a sprinkle there. I mean, if Pavlyuchekova is for some reason in form, even then, I mean, Clay is not her best surface. I mean, this line really surprises me. What do you think? I think that the line is inflated because Pavlyuchekova did so well in the Australian Open. So, I think that she got a little bit of name recognition with the betters there. And I think that the bookmakers knew that Roos wasn't going to take a lot of money, even if they made the number wrong. So, that's why I think you're getting that slight edge that you have. That being said, I don't necessarily love it. Um, Pavlyuchenkova is playing those weird little exhibitions over in France. And she she beat Jabor and Cornet. Yeah. Yeah. The super quick so. sets. Roos uh, lost got lost to Vekic. Cut beat up pretty good there last week, but at least she has played once on clay. It's just so, uh, the price is just like you said. The price it's a price play for me. I don't. So you are playing it? Yeah, I already played it. All right, um, I'll root you in there. I'm not going to get involved. Um, so wait, are you not? Are you, you already played it? So you're not um, doing going for my PLV patient line value on the dogs? Not in this one. This one. This one opened again. I grabbed plus three fifty, and I thought that there would be a little action there, and there has. She's come down to like plus three hundred. I know that some okay. some dogs make sense, but I don't think that there's going to be big early market movement on Pavlyuchenko. I don't think that that's a name that necessarily so, is a PLV name. We're gonna get some PLV yeah. names in Lexington for sure, though. Well, I was gonna say in my studies of PLV, I think that it becomes a better um, tactic as the week goes on. And so you get you want to you know you can fade a player coming look off looking just like fantastic on TV in front of everybody and putting cash in someone's pocket, rather than in these first round matches where I think the only people who hit them are people like Jorge and Vinny, 
that like are refreshing the pinnacle opening lines for it to find mistakes. So for those of you who are terribly confused, and I imagine it's most of you, PL <laughs> oh, yeah, patient line value. Now we've talked about closing line value a lot, folks. Closing line value <laughs> is the difference between your price and the closing number. And it's something that is generally achieved by hitting market openers. And again, Jorge and Vinny are, are really good at this. I'm trying to get better at it. I do it a lot in the NBA, not quite in tennis. It's almost impossible to do it being the United States better in tennis. Unless you have access to Pinnacle, you're you're not betting the best of the number. But if you have Pinnacle, again, like Jorge does, like Vinny does, like a bunch of our friends, Snides also has Pinnacle. They hit numbers early. You get closing line value. What Spread is talking about is patient <laughs> line value. Instead of jumping on the number right away, it's looking at it and going, you know what? People are going to come in on the side I don't want to bet. I want to bet the dog here. The favorite's a really big favorite. I'm going to wait. I'm going to let people parlay the hell out of this thing for a couple hours. I'll let some idiots come in maybe with some big money line bets on this thing and hope that I get a better line later. Now, it's you can have PLV and CLV. It's possible to have both. Oh, yeah, but true. PLV happens, has to happen later. It's not CLV that you earn right at, at open. It's closing line value that you earn closer to close. Now... And mostly the way that I know you think about it is getting a better line than the opener, but you can do both. It's possible, folks. So <laughs> think about that. Well, I thank mean, you. I think you explained that much better than I could have. At the end of the day, I mean, the concept really comes down to, and we're not going to get into this wormhole because we have enough tennis to talk about, but market entry. You know, the whole thing, if you're really going to take this seriously and you really want to be a successful better, learn the market that you're betting. Get familiar with which players take money early, which players take money late. Um, try to get used to the timing of things like that because if you can understand when to enter the market and make sure that you're always getting the best of the number, it just makes your life so much easier. You know, it's it seems like small peanuts. You know, the difference between getting plus one fifty versus plus one thirty. You know, it's still a good win either way, but long term, it just makes your life so much easier. So think about that, folks. PLV. Now. Next up, Tormo is playing Stritzova. This is one of the stranger matches. I did bet this. I've got Tormo plus 125. I just think that she is, you know, again, in better form. Let me just double check. I can't remember the last time Stritzova has played. I think she played in one or she two. She played of those in those uh, exhibitions, I think. Yeah, she played in those Czech exhibitions in July, but hasn't played on clay yet. Tormo, I thought, had a nice week last week. Um, made it through... Um, Actually, no, I'm sorry. She lost to Yastrzemska, but that match was actually closer than I think the score indicated. But she's been playing on clay. She's generally a pretty good player in some of these smaller events. I was happy to take her at plus 125. Uh, I'd lean at her at what I'm seeing, plus 110. I don't understand why Stritzov is minus 145, but maybe you do. You guys are, you know, old. Because she's just a much better player. She's actually, her game fits clay pretty well, even though I think that she's the best on hard courts. I think she has no problem adapting to it is the fact that she grew up on clay um i'd love that her touch volleys her ability to use spin and just the fact that she's the more experienced uh player and she's not going to get shook in the big points um i think stritzka is the rightful fave and i actually would might be going opposite here for you this might be the only bet i place i think uh, i like her game a lot better than tormo Ooh. well you got a little plv there because i got yeah. a better price on there so there we go folks we got to use the example again right away <laughs> Krejcikova minus 135 Teague plus 104 I lean Teague here but, yeah, but it's mostly a numbers play I don't know Krejcikova's game well enough she is largely a doubles player she's been playing more singles and is very talented um, this is one of those numbers where when I look at it um, it doesn't quite make sense to me but I don't know enough to act really against it do you? 
I don't. I've watched Krejcikova. I actually bet on her a lot when she played with Siniakova, but I was degenning. I didn't have an edge. I just liked him as a team. Um, Teague's another player that I don't know well. In fact, this was the match I circled that I said we're going to miss Jorge uh, for the breakdown of this because I don't feel like I can do um, the proper breakdown like he could. But in my mind, Teague is just your basic clay player. Um, but she has, you know, what Jorge talked about, you know, with the moderate power, uh, you know, that slows down on clay. So she's going to try and grind you out. Uh, Krejcikova can actually dial it up a little more. Uh, definitely like her serve better. <sighs> But, I don't know. I don't want to get involved. I really don't know each player's strength and weaknesses too much. I'm rooting for Krejcikova just because I had so much fun watching her and Sinikova as a team. Uh, kind of gave me a soft spot for her. So, rooting for Krejcikova, not going to get involved on the betting part. Yeah, be careful, again, if you're a numbers handicapper, you might pull up some data on Teague that looks really great on clay. Just be sure that you put into context when that was and who it was against because she does have some nice numbers at surface level, but as you start to look again at how long ago that was and some of the talent that she played, be, be careful. And speaking of another match we have to be careful, uh, Tamara Zadancic is playing Katarina Siniakova. We love Siniakova when she is a big dog. We generally stay away from her otherwise. Uh, we have a match here... Line pretty closely. Zidancic minus 132. Siniakova plus 102. Um, I'm going to stay as far away from this as possible. I think that these are two players match to match that are really hard to predict. So since they're playing each other and it's tough, I'll, I'll just give up because doing things that are hard are silly. Yeah. yeah I'm rooting for Siniakova here. I don't really want to get involved. If Jorge was here, he'd probably be singing Zidancic praises because... Uh, the clay should suit her game much more. But Sinikova is another one where they grow up on clay. So even though, um, you know, she's got the big the the big shots and she can really dial up the power, um, she's more comfortable on clay than you would than you would expect just from looking at her game, thinking that she should only be a hardcore player. Um, <clears throat> not getting involved here, but uh, I'll be rooting for Sinikova because you know I got a soft spot for her too. You're right. I'm floating through Jorge's VIP because I love giving away free picks of his when he's not here. But I don't see anything on this match. I love it. I don't see anything on this match. But if we look at some of the prog picks, he's got Roos as well. He's got Fru Vertova. Um, he took a little Bego, so he feels the same way I do. The Istremski is Wow. Oh, no. Okay. He does. So, sorry, Jorge. We, we gave away some of your picks. But just <laughs> just know, folks, you're well, definitely, uh, get, you're was, definitely getting Jorge's, a worse number. That was Jorge's birthday present to everybody. It was. That's right. Everybody, it's Jorge's birthday today. I'm sure that you saw the tweet at NetworthPod. Because, of course, if you're listening to this, you follow at NetworthPod. And you saw the wonderful tweet about his birthday. But just in case that you're new, um, Jorge is usually with us. But, unfortunately, it's his day off for his birthday. He is carousing. Um, and having a good time with his friends. I think that he actually has um, only been awake, honestly, for like four or five hours since he was out so late last night. He's probably sad or happy about the Leafs. I don't know what the score is. But reach out to Jorge. Let him know you love him and wish him a happy birthday. Spread any other thoughts on Prague before we jump into Lexington? Nope. Let's head over to the United States. All right. Similar to Prague in the first quarter, we have Serena Williams screwing everything up, just kind of ruining everyone's good time. She is along with Bernarda Pera, Venus Williams, Victoria Azarenka, Shelby Rogers, Masaki Doi, a qualifier, and Sloan Stevens. Um, is there anyone in that little group spread that you could see ever possibly beating Serena Williams or have any interest in betting them against Serena Williams at this point? A sprained ankle. <laughs> right? I mean, Serena rolls her ankle. One of these people wins. Otherwise, no. 
I mean, to be totally clear, we don't know exactly what kind of shape Serena is in. Um, she she looked assume, to be in pretty good shape when I saw her. She's. It looks like she's been practicing. All the videos yeah. of her are good. We know that she's doing real serious tennis stuff, like making sure she has the same tennis court as her house as they do at the U.S. Open. So I think yeah. that she's really ramping up. And when she is in ramp-up mode, she generally plays well. I mean, again, you look at this quarter. She's got pair in the first round. That should be no problem. She... Probably has her sister there. I think, did Azarenka fail a test? Is she actually there, or did that get swapped out? I can't remember. Um, either way, I don't think that she has a problem there. You look at probably Shelby Rogers or Sloane Stevens in that next match. I think she um, you know, makes it through this without too much trouble. Taking a look at the outright prices here. Um, she is the favorite to win the tournament. Now, this is interesting. Simona Halep in the last tournament was plus 150. Serena Williams here, only plus 330. Do you see any value at Serena at, at plus 330? No. Of course not. But I thought it was interesting <laughs> that, that she was less. That's a lot of respect for Halep. And I think maybe the market even underestimating that field in Prague a little bit. But um, Okay, if you have me take one, of course I'm taking the plus 330 with Serena. I mean, that's like if you're just yeah, that's, maybe analyzing that's question, those yeah. two numbers and those are the only two options you have to bet. I mean, like the Serena number is 10 times the value. I just, I just don't think it's worth it. But I mean, the Simona number is just ridiculous. Oh, it's I agree. I mean, that's they're both pretty preposterous. Again, in today's WTA, there's very few, if any, players that actually deserve to ever be, you know, below five to one to win an right. event. So, I agree. Unfortunately, though, Serena ruins that quarter. Not really anything to add or talk about there. So let's jump into the second quarter. Anna Samova, Cece Bellis, uh, Pegola, Teichman. Tomljanovic and Putin save us. So some fun names in there. There could be some interesting matches. Uh, Pagula playing really, really well. I think she has a shot to come out of this quarter. What do you think, Spread? Any names stick out to you? Man, are you looking at my bracket? I have her coming out of this quarter, too. I like Tomljanovic, um, but I like Pagula more, maybe just because I've been watching her on the team tennis, and I know she's in form and playing on similar courses to what they'll be playing on. Um, I think we got two great first-round matches in this uh, quarter, though, that I'll be looking to come back to. Uh, and talk about with you because this is this is a good quarter. So I'm looking at Pagula. I'm seeing her odds at 22 to one to win the tournament. I don't know if I can endorse that. I mean, Anna Samova is a really good player. She's probably gonna have to beat her once um, she gets through there. I mean, she's then looking at Serena Williams and whoever comes out of the bottom with a couple nice names in the bottom. Can you support her outright at 22 to one? Mm. If there's nothing else that we find, I, I maybe will. But um, I think we can find something better. Yeah, I, I don't love it. I was hoping for 25 or even 30 there. I, yeah, it should I be higher. I was hoping to get 33 to 1 or something. Yeah. All right, so we'll keep going. Third quarter, Magda Lynette, Lauren Davis, Jennifer Brady, Heather Watson, um, Marie Buzkova, and Joanna Conta. Um, a lot of names of players that we haven't seen. Lynette has been playing some exhibition. Lauren Davis did play some exhibition but was hurt. Brady's been playing world team tennis. I think Heather Watson was playing some of those Battle of the Brits things. And then Buzkova hasn't played, and Conta has played just a little bit. I think this is kind of a messy quarter. Um, do you see any value here? Do any names stick out to you? Joe Conta, 18 to 1. She's on horror court. She likes the hard courts, and this is an easy quarter. I think you're right. Let me just pull up quickly. I'm, I'm trying to remember the last time that she's played. I thought she played again in some of the... Um, like Battle of the Brit stuff or whatever they called those goofy events. But let's see, I've got that up right now. You know, again, Buzkova has not played um, since July. Yeah, she played uh, She played March, Katie Bolter. 
Yep, but she lost to a girl named Barrage in the Battle of the Brits. Oh, no. That's and you know what's funny? Her last match was a loss to Buzkova in Monterey before the shutdown. It's tough. It's, it's, look at this quarter. It's just a mess. I mean, Brady is the only one that we know has been playing regularly. But she wasn't great in World Team Tennis. I mean, she did win a lot of her matches. Yeah, um, and she looked fit, too. She did. Did you I, see her? I, don't, yeah, I was I don't like understand. all excited, and then it was like the fitness didn't seem to translate on the court. No, I, I agree. It was kind of odd, and maybe it was the format. I mean, maybe she will be better playing tennis. Yeah. Right, if you think of, if you think about her, she is kind of someone that ramps herself up. I mean, it's just tough. The only other name that sticks out here is Magdalenette. Now she hasn't been playing a lot, but this is kind of like a goofy little tournament that she would be competitive in. I'm seeing her at thirty three to one. You know, I, I don't necessarily love that. Brady, again, to circle back to her, I'm seeing her at 12 to 1. Let me see if we have a better number here. That's 12 to 1 there. It's just tough. This is just kind of a messy, messy quarter. So what do you think? We'll, we'll uh, move on and talk about something better. I like Kanta. All right, so you're going with Kanta. I can't talk yep. myself into Kanta. I'm gonna, That's fair. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I have no that. problems with you <laughs> not talking yourself into Kanta because, like you said, she could lose this first round. <laughs> yeah, the only name again that right? intrigues me is the more and more I look at it is Lynette thirty-five to one, but I just don't know what her form looks like. You know, if she had been playing and we knew that she was in you know decent shape, I think I would actually like that. But I'll stay away here. All right, let's look at the fourth quarter. Owns Jabor, Cat McNally, Coco Goff, and Arena, the Amazonian warrior princess Sabalenka makes her return back into my life. I can't wait to watch her play. I can't wait to sweat that match against Brendel. I can't wait to make some bad personal bets on it and be really mad about how it goes. <laughs> but, man, what a dream draw spread. I mean, this is... Oh, look at this. This is such an easy quarter. We just talked about how much of a mess the third quarter is. I mean, I know she hasn't been playing tennis, so you know, we don't necessarily know what she looks like. We'll have to do some homework. I didn't get a chance to look at her social media too much. I know that she's been on the beach a little bit, but hopefully she's been hitting some tennis balls. Um, Madison Brengel's been playing. She's been playing some exhibition events and beating up on lesser talent. And again, Sabalenka hasn't played since February, but this is just a dream draw for her, don't you think? I mean, I agree. I think it's a dream draw for Owns Jabor. That's oh, going to be my God. other outright pick. 20 to 1. Oh. I love Jabor's game. I love the way she matches up with Savalenka oh. here. I think she's got the game to frustrate her, and I've been, I'm really high on Jabor. I'm taking her as my second outright 20 to 1. I think that if Owens Jabor doesn't hurt herself by that match, it'll be really interesting. <laughs> but I mean, she might she's going to have to play a dreaded match. qualifier, too. Yeah, it's. And this is, again, it's tough with the prices this week. I mean, you're looking at Savalenka, I'm seeing 4 to 1. I mean, even look at their second round matches. In my in my bracket, I've got Jabor playing qualifier number five. You got Sabalenka going against Coco Goff. That's going to be a tough match, right? It's, I mean, I favor Sabalenka, but I mean, I think that's going to be harder than qualifier number five. Who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, it's yeah, it's I know. Hard to <laughs> I'm kind of joking around. We just here, we just yeah. haven't seen any of these people play. Like it's it's kind of a mess. And again, I just wish the price. What is the Coco number at? Since we usually like to laugh about oh how God. ridiculous they it's are. It's eleven to one. Eleven to one. Eleven to one. Wow. She is a bit wow. a bigger favorite than Jennifer Brady, Sloane Stevens, Joanna Conta, Jessica Jessica Pagula. Again, there's not like a bunch of names here. I think at the end of the day, this tournament does really come down to, you know, is Serena Williams healthy? Is Serena Sabalenka playing well? Because that should be the final. I mean. 
Okay. Well, we'll have some fun then. Uh, on uh, hopefully we'll have that. Uh, that'll be what the quarterfinals. No, that would be the final Sabalenka and. Uh, no, no, no. Because uh, I'm going to take Owens in this oh, quarter, and you're yeah. going to take Sabalenka. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. all right. That'll be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll try to yeah. periscope and talk about that one a little bit. But yeah, hopefully it'll happen, and then and then that would be a good one. We made it through the whole draw. And we just don't like anybody. I'm looking back through one more time, trying to see if we can pick it out right. Even some of the bigger numbers. I mean, I like Tykeman, but this is the wrong surface and the wrong field for her to do well in. Buzkova, I would love to bet her 28 to 1 or, or something like that. But, you know, we haven't seen 30 to 1, but we haven't seen her play. You can't touch that number. Tomlianovich looked terrible in World Team Tennis. Um, Pagula looked good, but a 22 to 1, that's pretty tough. You know, having her in the same top half as Serena. You know, I'd love to bet Sabalenka, but at four to one, four fifty. I don't know, Spread. Have you talked yourself into anything yet? Yeah, I placed uh, Kanta and Jabor. Kanta and Jabor. Well, I definitely, folks, definitely not going to tell you to, to place Jabor. Let me look at Joe Kanta's draw <laughs> just one more time. Nah, I can't do that either. Sorry, folks. No outrights for me here. All right. Well, I gave you some, so uh, they still got their money's worth. We'll see. I'm going to try to write a preview, like I said. We'll see how tired I am when this is all said and done. But let's jump into the first round matches. We have a few prices there. Magda Lynette against Lauren Davis. Again, Lynette not playing well, but playing. Davis played one or two matches, but I believe was hurt at some point. I've actually taken Lynette minus two and a half games here. What do you think about that bet spread? I'm sorry, one more time? I took Lynette minus two and a half over Lauren Davis. What do you think of that? I don't. I can't get involved in that match. Um, Lauren Davis is tough for me. She's so small, and she fights so hard. Uh, Lynette should win, but I don't want to get involved. I've had problems uh, prognosticating Lauren Davis matches before, so completely staying away from me. But uh, I, I do like your look there. Jennifer Brady minus two twenty seven against Heather Watson plus one seventy four. This could be really good or it could be really bad. That's. It's tough. I mean, Heather Watson was playing okay in some of those Brit- British events. Like we said, Brady was playing. She was playing really good. But not well. well. What do you think of the dog then here? I mean, if you think Watson's been playing well, and I know you weren't thrilled with what Brady was doing. Um, well, no, no, no. I mean, Brady was playing good too. I just. Oh, you think so? I didn't like what she was doing on World Team Tennis, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, okay, okay. It's weird. She was winning, but no, she wasn't playing that well. And to be fair, I didn't watch the Battle of the Brits. I'm going off seeing the results. So I'm going to stay away. But I, I thought when I saw Brady, I thought we were going to get a little bit more. Uh, this is a dogger pass, though. I wouldn't lay that much uh, against Heather Watson uh, at this point right now just because Heather Watson could redline and take everything over. Oh, wow. Um, Watson opened plus 211. I definitely would have played that. Yeah. What is it now? Um, I'm seeing plus 175 or plus 174, but there's some other numbers around there. So do some price shopping, folks. Yeah, I'm not playing it, but it's Watson or no play. I'm actually seeing plus 190 at Bookmaker. That's interesting. Jabor playing McNally. Jabor minus 182. McNally plus 141. We know Spread loves Jabor here. I think McNally will be competitive, but you're right. If Jabor is playing well and she's healthy, she should take care of business. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to play it, though. I got the outright, and so hopefully that'll go. Buzkova, Conte. You've got the outright on Conte. You feeling the double dip? I would love to bet Buzkova minus 111 here, but again, haven't seen her play, so we have to wait. No, I'm not double dipping at all. This is one of her most dangerous matches, so um, the bet is almost, you know, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't need to double dip here. She could easily lose this. Like I said, their last match before the shutdown was Buzkova beating Conta on hard courts in North America. So 
Um, I think that's favored into my outright price. And Buscova's, I don't know, probably the slight favorite just off what happened. I know Jorge's going to hate hearing that. But um, I still like Conta's path if she's able to get out of this match. Jessica Pagula minus 280s, Zvonareva plus 240. Uh, Pagula playing some nice tennis and world team tennis. Um, Zvonareva haven't played since March. I think Pagula is the deserving favorite here. And I'm interested in maybe the spread here. Unfortunately, it's minus 4.5, though. I know we don't love that number. What do you think about Pagula's odds here to cover a big spread? No. I want to play it. No? Mm-mm. All right. I think it's I think it's Pugler pass. I think she's even a good parlay piece at minus two ninety four. But really, she's been playing. Okay. She's been playing well. It's just price it's, is so high. It's I mean it's it's in North America. Zvonareva had to though. come over from Europe. She's an older player. Honestly, there's a chance yeah, that she she's thirty five. That's like ancient for WTA. Yeah. Well, the good news is Arena, the Amazonian warrior princess Sabalenka, is playing tennis. She's playing Madison Brengel, which. Um, I believe somewhere in my saved pictures, I have a note from Jorge that says Madison Brengel is terrible. And I oh, said, are yeah. you sure? And he said, yes, she's terrible. Because so, you wanted better. And that was his only reason. You said, talk me out of it. That was the only he reason. He said, talk me out of Ben Brengel. And then he said, she's terrible. And then you asked for something else. And it was like, she's terrible. That's what you got. That's pretty it's, it's So I saved that and tried to use it. And the terrible Brengel plus 305, like a minus 435. This would be a, a spot where, you know, if you really wanted What's to take this match. Um, 19 and a half. Don't touch the under. Sabalenka matches are notorious for having seven fives and kind of some screwing around. Unfortunately, the spread's minus five and a half, but I've seen minus five and a half at plus money, so maybe you could get minus five at a reasonable number. I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't want to get involved in this at all. They priced that, so we wouldn't touch it, and they did a great job. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think one of the things is, and I know I said Pagula is a good parlay piece, and you might be thinking Sabalenka is, I would actually rather play these individually, laying a big spread, than trying to parlay them together. I think that, especially when you're looking at players who haven't played in a while, and you don't really know what they look like, I think it's best to try to split up your risk a little bit and not try to tie it all together. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Definitely. Anna Samova minus 244 yes. against CC. I know you love CC. You, you taking the dog here? Yes. Are you taking the dog because it's smarter because you want to? Because she's a, she's just as talented. She just hasn't played because she's been coming off injury. So I'm getting a player that's almost as talented uh, as Anna Samova. Uh, Anna Samova is physically more impressive. But I love CC Bellis's game. I'm getting a great price. This is one of the, like you mentioned earlier, I think with Roos, you know, pure price play. Same deal, you know. It's even money, and it's a mobile all day. This price is way too high. I'm taking CC Bells. <clears throat> hey, I don't know enough about CC to back it, but I think that Anna Samova at minus 244, given, again, her, her general level of focus sometimes isn't maybe the best number in the world. So um, I'll cheer for you. Thank you. Thank you. And you're going to love CC. So watch that match. It's actually, to me, best match in the first round. Shelby Ron- and we have a Buzkova Conta that already happened. We got. Um, a, a Venus a Vika, so I'm saying a lot by saying that. Oh, not to mention... Uh, Did you really just try to pit Venus Vika in 2020? You know it's 2020, right? I, I, it's I not even 2016. That. I forgot about that. You have to remember, in my mind, that's like a premier matchup. That's true. Time is... is you've, you've been alive for so long that it, just, it seems like just yesterday. 
It does. But we'll get to that eventually. We'll save right. that. That'll be the last since it's the best. We'll make it the last. All right. Shelby you, Rogers you. minus two thirteen against Mizaki Doi. I have no interest in watching this match. I think Shelby is a better player than Doi, um, but no interest in touching the number. Anything to add? Yeah, I remember I was on the fade Doi tip for a little while because I thought she was pretty close to retirement, but she actually came back and won some matches. So I'm afraid of touching her matches here. Shelby Rogers should win. Not get involved. Tom Lianovich, Putin Saver. This match would be a lot of fun if we knew both were in form. Hard to say. Tom Lianovich played some rough tennis in World Team Tennis. Putin Save, I think, played maybe one exhibition, but minus 161 for Tom Lianovich, plus 125 for Putin Save. I've got the over here, 20 and a half games. I think there's a good chance that um, this goes three sets even, and I might look at that eventually, but for the time being, I'm staying away from a side. Yeah, maybe a minus 400 on Putin Save does an outlandish celebration if she wins. <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> no, but I think this is a great match to watch and catch some form. Tom Jonovich, you're right. We, we were watching that team tennis, and you really got me into it, and I'm glad because I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, but she was a player that was a big name that really wasn't that impressive. Wonder if not being at home, like most of the other players were American, um, you know, had something to do with that and also the wacky format. But um, if I were to play it, I would play Putin Seva and grab the plus money just off not being impressed with what we saw at the team tennis. Serena. The Mother Williams, minus 526 against Bernarda Pera, plus 351. I don't see what you can do in this match. If you're watching it, you want something. Try to find Serena, minus 5, minus 5.5, minus 6 games of plus money. Let me see if I actually have a number on her. It looks like she's minus 5.5, plus 104. That's not the that worst seems right. in the world. But like you said, that seems right. Number. It's just tough to know. I mean... And it's so hard. Somebody asked me on Twitter, um, let me see if I can find who that was, if I like that five and a half. And my response essentially was, you can never feel good about taking anybody plus games against Serena because even if she comes out and wins the first set, you know, 6-3, six, 6-4, six, um, something like even that. Seven, five. And, and, you're fe- and, yeah. and you're feeling good. You're like, all right, I got Para. She's plus five. She won the first set by two games. All she has to do is not lose the next two sets by seven. And at least I get a push. Awesome. And then six, two, six, two, Serena bagel, yep. bagel, six, one, six, one. So it's, it's tough. If you want to bet para here, I, so my suggestion was to take the over. And that was Gonzalo Diaz. Thank you for asking. That was a good question. Um, if you're looking to bet para here, I don't know why you would be take the over. Otherwise I think we stay away. Yeah, I, Really? So I go the other way. I would just lay the games if you want to bet it. I don't think you should bet it, but I think she's going to roll. So if you, oh, well, I mean, if you want, if you're looking for a para angle, I know some people oh, ask okay. me about that. If you had to bet the match, I think Serena minus the games. Yeah, I think I, I think this is a mismatch. All right. Finally, the match of, <laughs> of the first round. We're going to go back in time, folks. We've got the DeLorean. We can get it up to 88 miles an hour. <laughs> We're going to go back about 10, maybe even 15 years just to be safe. We're going to grab Venus Williams and Victoria Azarenka, and they're going to play. Azarenka minus 156, Williams plus 122. I don't know what you do here. I think that I'd like Azarenka again if they were both in form and playing tennis. You know, Venus was playing some world team tennis. I was actually impressed at her movement there, but it's a shorter format, so she has a lot more energy. We know Jorge right now would be fade, 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 Venus. Um, you know what? Actually, you know what? I've got his little account up. Let me just double check and see if he, he bet against Venus here. Spread, what do you think? Why don't I do that? Okay, so as much as you said about Venus, uh, I saw an Azarenka quote, and I think I sent it to you guys, where she said she was kind of excited 
to get back into competition because she was having problems getting motivated at home during the family life as far as being competitive. That made me think that Vika should be a fade. The question is, is Venus the right person to do it with? Um, I mean, if I had to bet this match, I'm betting Venus, but you're right. I don't think I'm getting involved. Jorge took Azarenka minus two and a half games, and I tend to lean with him. Wow. I'm not okay. going to bet this, but if you, if you I mean, I shouldn't to. even say wow, right? That's like the least surprising thing ever. Well, no, it's that is the least surprising thing ever. It's like we should just tell you guys. I mean, she didn't even win a match. I haven't seen him post the Zedantic outright, but I know somewhere he's thinking. You're really fading Venus Williams with a woman who didn't win a match in 2020. Well, my my apologies, Venus Williams didn't win a match in 2020 either. This is absolutely terrible. What has happened? Don't get old, noops. That's that's not. Uh, it's tough. You just you can never advance, Brad. You, never <laughs> you know what her lone green is on this screen? A team tennis against Sloane Stevens. Oh God. <laughs> that's like a parody that just writes itself almost, huh? All right, Brad. Any other thoughts before we wrap it here? We got through both tournaments. Everything. We got some outrights um, in Prague. Uh, you had some outrights here. Why don't you actually tell the folks again what your outrights here were? Why I look up what the outrights that we had. In Prague, where actually, I'm sorry, Prague. We had I have Siegman and Kudabatova. Uh, we both have Mertens, and then in Lexington, you took Kanta and owns Jabor, correct? Kanta plus eighteen hundred owns Jabor plus two thousand. Beautiful, beautiful. The numbers you're looking for: Mertens fourteen to one, Kudabatova sixty-six to one, Siegmund fifty to one. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun having tennis back, and we will continue on. Please reach out to us at Network Pod with any questions and be sure to follow us there um, to keep up to date and up to speed with all of our media content. I'm sure we'll find some time to do a scope, especially if we get that on the Jabor Sabalika match. I will make spread. I don't care what he's doing for Run Pure. Um, he's going to take some time and, and do a scope for us on that. Um, reach out to us. We'd appreciate rating and reviewing whatever you're using to listen to the podcast and have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers.